Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. to the 95th episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Sumwitz and I am the host of this lovely show. Joining with me as always is my good friend and partner Floyd Johnson Jr. How are you doing my good friend? I am bored with life. I don't know if any of y'all are all dealing with this. Uh, This is not the most positive spin, but with COVID, and then I'm in Oklahoma, and we're having winter storms. I'm literally stuck in the house, so all I do is work, and work, play video games, and sleep, and eat. Don't forget eating, because, you know, that's how you get fat. There's yeah. not a lot to do when those things are happening. So, this is a much-needed break. This show is a much-needed break. In my uh, daily routine, which I am completely sick of. So all I need them to do is put the on-sale date for Revolution, put the on-sale date for WrestleMania so I can at least have something to look forward to. But other than that, I'm fine. I mean, honestly, being bored is a luxury that a lot of people don't have. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you try, I, this is me putting my positive spin on it. I like, I don't really worry about, you know, like bills and blah, blah, blah. And I don't have all that stuff to worry about. So I guess boredom is, you know, a luxury, but yeah, I'm bored out of my mind and I've been openly complaining about it. I have no, <laughs> no problem with that. As somebody who has lived in the North for a very, like, his entire life, trust me, like, when when the snow hits, you can't do anything. Like, when you're a kid, playing in the snow is, like, something that you enjoy. And even even a couple days ago, when we got, like, at least, like, I want to say, like, four or five inches, I think, I was like, you know what, fuck it. And I just ran out in my hoodie and just jumped into the snow just to kind of, like, be like, hey, I'm a kid again. 
pretty damn big mistake, honestly. But it was fun. Um, but yeah, no, when you when you live in an area when there's snow, like three out of the four, three out of the twelve months of the year, you do nothing, just nothing. Yes, I'm getting excited about my daily trips to Seven Eleven for Monster Energy drinks because <laughs> it's like, oh, at least I'm doing something. But yeah, it, yeah, it's 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 on me, and it's like. Uh, I go to Netflix and I just scroll. I'm just like, I'm so tired of TV. It's like not like tired of what I'm, I mean, they have a lot of options. They have a lot of things I want to see. It's just, I'm not, you know, I've just TV'd myself out and I've just movied myself out. And it's just, I don't want to keep up with a plot. Like the only thing I really get excited about is like Dynamite, Dynamite and NXT on Wednesdays. And WandaVision on Friday mornings. That's Dude, about it. <laughs> no spoilers, but holy shit, WandaVision's been so good. Yeah, so that's pretty much what I get excited about. Other than that, the other f- uh, five days of the seven-day weeks, it's generally um, just being bored and listening to my friends on the wrestling podcast, and it's amazing. But it's just like I'm so sick of all of it. I can't wait to be on a plane and on the way to somewhere very soon. Yeah, and as also, I will say, as someone who's like a Marvel fan in the sense that he sees all the movies, but he's not a huge comic book fan, I'm I one tweet that summed up my my perfect opinion on WandaVision was like, oh yeah, I watch the movies, but I'm not like huge into like the lore or like comic books or anything like that. Also, me watching like five hours of WandaVision theories like every single day. Uh, I forgot the site that does it, but every week they put out like this is all the stuff. From these are all the uh, Easter eggs that you miss, and all my friends, you know, are geeks and they catch you because they're, you know, they're amazing and they've been into this forever. But I, I'm like you. I've seen the movies, I've heard different things, but I've never been a comic book guy. So it make this whole series has made me want to be a comic book guy. But I go read that article every week just to be like, okay, 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 yeah, I saw that, yeah, that was something, yeah. And it's like I'm having this uh, monologue. I would like to say internally, but it gets me so excited. Most of the time, that monologue goes external. Yeah, and I would be I would definitely be a comic book fan if it wasn't for the fact that there's so many comic book series out there that I wouldn't even fucking know where to start. So many universes. I've read one comic book. I remember when Deadpool came out, I went and got on Amazon they had a Deadpool series and I uh bought I bought the Deadpool series off of uh Amazon and I read those three books. And I just realized watching movies is just so much easier. Yeah, and the only comic book I've read is the Thor that CM Punk wrote. <laughs> because, of course, it fucking was. Because, you know, CM Punk wrote it. And Punk's yep. amazing, you know? It, 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 I, I do love... That's one thing I love about wrestlers is that they do take their limited celebrity and use it to get into stuff that they've already been into. That, and that's kind of cool for me. It's like, oh, totally. I, I'm a fan of this. Well, now, n- not only are you a fan, now you're hosting, like, I'm a fan of The Walking Dead. Well, now you're hosting a Walking Dead after show every time. It's like so cool that people, they get into stuff like that. It's that moments where you like realize they're real people. 
Oh, they yeah. have an interest in shit. That's kind of cool. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. I thought they were just robots. Man, you you know, you do get into that. You know, you only see them on TV. You only yeah. see them on the internet. So you get to that point where they're not real people. But yeah, uh, sorry about last week. Uh, let me tell you. I, I was going to tell everybody what happened. So Friday night, Austin's all ready to record. And I went out and ate uh, with my wife. And we had a couple drinks. And I could barely keep my eyes open. So I had to send Austin a message. I was like, dude, I'm I'm not up to it. It it was like like I can I feel like I could talk about wrestling anytime. But I'm pretty sure if I had paused and Austin had talked at all, I would have went to sleep. That's how tired <laughs> I was. That's how tired I was. And then we couldn't get back together on Saturday and Sunday. It's completely my fault because I had him. Austin is a young man in his twenties. And weekends are busy. I mean, that's what they are. They do. He does shit. You know, I don't. He does. So after that, we weren't able to hook up after that. So we weren't able to get a show recorded this week. We'll cover as much as we can this week. And hopefully that doesn't happen very much. But yes, uh, it was right before the winter storm hit. And I, I was like, okay, it's about to hit. Let's go out and eat. And then we, we just went a little too hard. Understandable though, because yeah, like I said, when it when it when it gets really bad, you just you, you like because you don't want to go because you can't go out to eat, but you also don't want to order delivery because the poor fool that has to drive through the fucking snow, it's like you feel awful just for doing it. So I totally get it though. It was uh, it was a good time. It was like yay, and then I came now, and then I was like, oh shit, I don't think we're gonna get a showdown this week. <laughs> yeah. So apologies for that. We'll we'll try to cover as much as we can from uh the, from uh like last week and just like skim over it and just like like the big moments and such. But like we're gonna focus mostly on this week's episode of Dynamite on uh, February seventeenth. And before we get into the show, real quickly, I want to make sure you are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Spotify, you can also just share us around with your friends. We would really appreciate that. Leave a rating and a review, and if you're so inclined to, you can also leave a donation through our podcast provider, Red Circle. And if you want to support us just on social media, we are at AT Elite Pod on Twitter, at Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible, and they have a bunch of other great wrestling podcasts that you should 100% check out. I am at SZumer4 on Twitter, and Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. Now, big news of the week, and it's the one thing um, on Dynamite that I was honestly looking forward to a lot in these last couple weeks was just the women's eliminator eliminator cup where we get the japanese side of the bracket and then the american side of the bracket and that will determine the new number one contender for the AEW women's championship and honestly the big thing on with this is that we're seeing a lot of returning faces emmy sakura and riho and more other like aja kong returning there's a lot of former AEW uh, Joshi wrestlers that are showing up once again in this tournament. And it's good to see them back. A lot of them are wrestling in the Japan side of the bracket because they're just holding, they're holding that side of the bracket in Japan uh, just for safety of traveling and such. But it's really nice that uh, we're getting this huge women's tournament because it, it helps build up the women's roster and it helps build importance to the next AEW women's title match. And we had multiple, uh, matches that were showcased, like little highlights of the earlier uh, matches in round one. We also had some of the matches on Dynamite itself just be round one matchups. 
Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm just when they announced this, I was like, finally we get something to be hyped for for the AW Women's Championship. And if I'm being honest, whoever wins this whole thing is probably going to be uh, is going to be uh, Sheeta for the title because it just I think they're just gearing up for a new champion. Well, uh, the thing about it, I, have a, I enjoy Hikaru Shida as champion. The one thing I don't get is what her character is. And mm-hmm. that may, I think it might just be very Japanese character. I'm not down with the Japanese culture. Um, and people are like, well, she's a wrestler that wants to wrestle. I, I wants to win. I get it. Yes. But the thing about, that's like, you know, every MMA fighter is an MMA fighter that wants to win, right? But the thing that makes wrestling different, other than it being predetermined, is that each person is playing a character with its own motivations and driven for a different reason. As in, Mox wants to prove that he's the toughest human ever. You know, that's his thing. Kenny Omega is going to be the greatest performer of all time. He is the five-star god you know you know he's a he's a video game he's a street fighter character come to life i get though i get those things right cody is uh cody is that uh the good guy that everybody sees that the cracks where he's kind of an asshole underneath you kind of like and that's just kind of how i explain different characters he has the weight of the world on his shoulders because you know he's a Rhodes. And then, you know, but he's also got this huge ego. All these things I can tell you about pretty much every wrestler in AEW. I can tell you their motivations and whether they get to me. Carlos Sheeta don't really know her other motivations. Yeah, and like with Sheeta, I'd like her like like I said, she had the um I'm pretty sure it was I'm pretty sure it was Resident Evil uh gear that she had. I think she brought out uh at Double or Nothing and like I get, I I like from watching her on social media and such. I can tell that she's like big into like Japanese, like into gaming culture, which is huge in Japan in any way. So like that makes a lot of sense. But I feel like they just don't showcase her personality as much. We just know her as the Japanese girl with the kendo stick. I just feel like there's like and there there's still the language barrier, but she speaks relatively good English. I think to the point where like you could probably showcase her personality a little bit more. And I like Shida. But I, I, I would be the first to admit that her title reign has not been as good as, say, like, Riho or Nyla Rose. That's 100% the, the Yeah, I mean, that. yeah, and unfortunately, COVID, so they couldn't bring the people yeah. from Japan in. And that's, the, you know, and that's the big thing with AEW's women's roster. It's thin, and it was getting filled in with people from Japan. They'd bring in, they brought in Rio for the first, uh, for the launch of the title, and Yuka, and emmy all for the launch of the title right and it looked like they were bringing yuka back to you know start a rivalry with uh brit baker but then COVID happened and it was like that thing had to go uh on the back burner and they had to figure out other certain time to type away uh to get everything done and now they have this and this is kind of cool because you know it's shooting in two different locations I do have some bones to pick with fans once we get to the actual review, but yeah, uh, I have been very excited about the cup. I very much enjoyed the four matches on Monday, and the one thing I think a lot of people are losing is when they have those Monday shows with the women's matches, you get three days of AEW wrestling, and I will never, ever complain about that. 
Absolutely. And again, if people want to see, we, we always say it for these tournaments or like when they did the tag title, the, the tag tournament uh, for the women's division. If you want to, sh- like, if you're talking about how the women's roster needs to be showcased more, you need to watch. So on, on Monday, this upcoming Monday, they will be putting more matches on their YouTube channel. So watch the matches for the tournament. And then that'll show that, hey, people actually care about the women's division. Yeah, it's 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 so funny. Like I said, I, I mean, I have bones to pick, of course, but it's like I'm looking at YouTube and BTE. BTE is considered a very successful show, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you got you look at BTE every Monday, 11 a.m. And it's like they do. Three hundred, four hundred thousand views like in the. Uh, 300 first yeah 400,000 views in like the first few days like this week this week is shockingly low it was only 168,000 but when you compare it to like the women's uh card like on Tuesday Tuesday it wasn't even half of that I think it was like at 80,000 and it's just like people then complain they're like well why don't they put this on TV let me ask you this Austin as a youth in, in, in your 20s, do you watch more? Because I, I, I know the answer with your sister, but do you watch more TV on cable like TNT? And I'm not talking about CBS, NBC stuff you can get over there. Do you watch more cable channels, uh, TBS, USA, whatever, ESPN, or do you watch more stuff on YouTube? Uh, if we're talking about like stuff other than sports, yeah, I, I watch stuff on YouTube. Yes. So I'm like, okay. And also, and we get to this point, do more people in this country have cable or do more people in this country have access to the internet or YouTube? It's going to, well, with just people cutting cable just left, left and right and center. Um, yeah, it's going to be the internet. Okay. So when people are like, well, we want, we want all of these matches to be on on a place where you can get the most eyes. What would that be? Would it be uh, a TNT one night a week between seven and nine, or would it be on the internet that you can access anytime you want? A lot of times, honestly, with me too. Like I, I can sometimes miss the live taping on a on a TNT, and I'll just watch it on the on the app uh, like a day or two later. Yeah. I, what I'm saying is just YouTube is there, and it's just to me, and it's available, and it's convenient for most people. If the show isn't getting watched on YouTube, then people don't want to see it. You know what I mean? So why would yeah. you then put it on your live TV program? I'm just saying. I, I'm talking, this is I, all things elite. I watch everything. I love women's wrestling. You know, love it. Love it, and this new Josie wrestling is introducing me to a type of wrestling I don't get to see very often because there's only a limited amount of time in my life. So I like, I mean, like Stardom. What I've seen of Stardom, I liked, but I realized if I wanted to watch Stardom, I would literally have to cut something else out. It would have to bump something because it's only so many hours in a day, and I just didn't feel like it should bump something. But now they have additional wrestling going in with the wrestling that I already watch, I get to see a lot more wrestling. And I was very impressed. And maybe, maybe my gauge is low because I don't know what great Joshi wrestling looks like, but I know what good wrestling looks like. And I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed Monday quite a bit. I, I came away looking forward to the rest of the tournament. 
and yeah. hoping to see some of the people that I saw that lost, hoping to see them later. Yeah. Yeah. So honestly, I think I think that's a perfect I think that's a perfect way of uh, I think that's a perfect way of putting it. But now, real quickly, we'll get into as requested the BTE Impact recap uh, for this week. Um, I will say, um, as I I will I will designate myself to be keeping an eye on the uh, on the championship for the BTE Championship slash now Sammy Guevara Vlogs Championship. And it was settled on the Sammy Guevara channel uh, with a handstand competition. And um, Sammy, it seemed like, lost to uh, 10, but uh, it was not 10. It was very much not 10. And, uh, yeah, I like I knew it wasn't 10 the whole time because yeah, was he like, was nowhere. Like, no, 10 six, five. You saw him standing up originally. He was like, that dude's not 10 is exceptionally large. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like he's an exceptionally large human. And I was like, that can't be 10. That's all I kept saying. It's like that's not 10. No and, way whatsoever. Yeah. But so Sammy was like, "Oh, it's a cheat. I'm I'm it's my championship still. Get the fuck out of here." Um and I will say also, um there was a lot of rumors going around with Sammy Guevara and the reports that uh his uh his apparent uh uh, feud that was going on with the uh, with Inner Circle and how he was going to go to Impact and there was butting heads between him and Tony Khan and he proceeded to uh, make a response on his on his vlog being like jumping in the snow and being like well people on the internet said I had heat so I felt like I didn't need a jacket but I'm still so cold and I'm just like oh Sammy <laughs> it's it's just a Sammy way to probably respond to internet rumors and such like that but. So apparently there's no heat according to Sammy, but there's that. But going into the rest of BTE and Impact Wrestling for the week, I will send it over to Floyd for this one. All right. So Impact, uh, you probably will not get an update. I will just the update is there was no AEW involvement this week. It was more focused on, even though. Oh yeah, I forgot to go past this. Uh, at that uh, Retribution, whatever the Impact pay per view was called. Uh, the triple threat, the tag team match with the private party got turned into a triple threat. They added Chris Saban and James Storm as they wrestled against the Good Brothers. The Mark Quinn hit a 450 on Mr. James Storm, uh, and it looked like, hey, we got new champions, but uh, Luke Gallows threw him out the ring, pinned James Storm, and the Good Brothers uh, retained, even though... Perfect way to feature private party without them losing, keeping them strong. But I was figuring on Tuesday it would lead to private party like, hey, we didn't lose. Can we get a rematch, yo? You know what I mean? Let's look. And them building something from there. No, they just didn't show up. No Matt Hardy. They won, and that was it. Good Brothers won, and then they focused on a new team debuting from New Japan Wrestling, Finn Juice. Which is uh, David Finley Jr., Fit Finley's son, uh, and uh, Juice Robinson, uh, formerly, I forgot his name in WWE, but yeah, uh, CJ Parker in WWE. Yep, CJ. Yeah, so he is Juice Robinson. So they are Finn Juice, which is the laziest tag team name I've ever heard. <laughs> um, 
So they uh, so they came on and they beat Reno Scum. So it looks like Finn Juice, who is stuck in America right now, they will be uh, you know f- competing on Impact and maybe New Japan Strong. So it looks like they're going that way. I love to see that all the doors are open because New Japan, basically based on how Kazuchika Okada was treated at his time, uh, treated at his time in Impact. Uh, New Japan pretty much would not work with Impact. Well, you know, uh, COVID breeds strange bread fellows. And, and you know, Don Callis is like, dude, these those people that ran it then, they all work for WWE now. <laughs> they don't even, you know, they're not. He's like, I run this shit, you know, and I'll take care of your people that you send us. And they sent Finn Juice as it seems like I wouldn't call it a test, but, you know, in good faith with Don Callis. So that's it. But. Honestly, if there's no AEW involvement on uh, that show, Impact, I probably won't bring it up. I'm just saying. I'll, I'll We'll call the review and be like, no Impact. But I'm pretty sure Kenny Omega is going to show up on the show eventually. Uh, but as of right now, he has not really been involved on Impact. But they are getting over Moose. And, you know, I watched that whole two-hour show that I was not interested in. For all of you, just know that's how much I love you. There you go. That's how Boy much I love you. Boy <laughs> does it for the people. Yes, and so then the BTE, um, there were a couple just like really, really funny things. Like the one I found the funniest uh, was uh, John Silver and Alex Reynolds. He said, I'm the champion now, so I got time for bits. So, because uh, like a long time ago, they went looking for Sting because he was a big fan of Sting. So they went up into the rafters to look for Sting, and they said, "Hey, Sting," and started talking. Because apparently, in John Silver's mind, Luther and Sting, Sting without his mask off, uh, without his paint on, looks like Luther. And then uh, Darby Allen and Serpentico, same person. So he was <laughs> he was talking. And yeah, and Luther is crazy and he hates Sting. He said he loves Sting too, but then he was going to kill John Silver, which was, you know, always awesome because Luther's crazy. And, you know, and it's so funny because I've seen people like not like Luther. They're like, oh, he's old. But like when I was growing up, you know, it was okay to have an old wrestler work as a jobber. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. You had a lot like Brooklyn Brawler, all those stuff. It was like, yeah, the old wrestlers were the jobbers now. You know, that's how they keep you stay working. It's not like Luther's the world champion. He loses like every time he's on TV. So I've never understood. <laughs> I've never understood the problem with that. I mean, but uh, yeah, they made fun of Brandon Cutler for always falling asleep. Uh, Scorpio Sky and uh, Matt are really shoe guys. They're kind of like shoe snobs almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No kidding. And they saw some guy with some really, really rare pair of shoes, and apparently he was wearing them, and they were dirty. And this this offended Scorpio Sky. Oh, and, uh, he was hurt. Yeah, His like man was just like, how could you do this? Like, and seriously, I, I, let me tell you, I know nothing about shoes. <laughs> I'm like, my shoes, If I don't know if you've ever seen, when I post them, they're all based on stuff I love. Like, right now, I'm wearing some Nikes that are literally Kansas City Chiefs shoes. They have the Kansas City logo on it. I have eight pairs of Florida State shoes. I have different Florida State sneakers. Cody or the Cody Rhodes uh, sneakers that they had on uh, uh, Pro Wrestling Tees. And then uh, a pair of The Rock shoes. 
the under uh, the rocks under armors every pair of shoes is based on something i like i don't you know like so like when people are like three hundred dollars on shoes i'm like so did patrick mahomes sign them or something why would you spend three hundred dollars on shoes Bro, did you get the new Yeezys? Yeah, and like, uh, I'm like, dude, it's like, dude, it's like if 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 I spend three hundred dollars on shoes, either somebody famous that I love must have signed those shoes, or there's two hundred and twenty dollars in the shoe, because <laughs> <laughs> about yeah, like I think my Kansas City Chiefs shoes, I kept putting it off last year, and uh, they won the Super Bowl, they, they got to the Super Bowl. So I was like, I really want these shoes, and they were sold out of my size. So I had to buy some off of eBay, and they were $145. That is the most I've ever spent on a pair of shoes for myself. Gotcha. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I had, I actually got, um, so I, I got the Shawn Michaels shoes from Pro Wrestling Tees, and I only wore them for a little bit because actually the first couple days, I, the first day I wore them, um, like the red coloring on the sh- inside of the shoe rubbed off on my sock somehow so like my sock turned red pretty much which was i was like i don't want to deal with that um plus i'm not a huge high tops guy so i just didn't it was kind of a impulse buy that i regretted and then i got the rock shoes which i loved uh for christmas and then they broke within like six months what yeah no the like by the toe by the by the by the toe of both the right and left shoe like on the side of the toe um the uh like the the fabric or whatever or just the the material tore so like it there's like a hole in the shoe so take a picture and tag the rock in it and post it on twitter i guarantee he sends you a new pair of shoes i was like bro uh i I love these shoes uh i know you got a new one that just came out uh excuse me it's so shocking the stuff he uh the stuff he actually replies to it's like you'll see it is just the most mundane. You don't have to be famous. He I guess he just goes through his tweets. I doubt it's him. I'm pretty sure it's somebody. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's somebody that works for the Rock's brand. Cause at this point in time in his life, he's not the Rock. He's a brand. You know, he's like he's super positive, blah, blah, blah. You know, he just does his thing. But I uh, also gotta give a shout out to Mr. John Silver rocking a Creed shirt. Yes, yeah. I loved Creed when I was like right out of high school. They were a thing, and it was all because of WWE. It was like they made the greatest video packages to uh, they made the greatest video packages to Creed music ever. And then yeah, so that was kind of cool. And then when we, you are with me, me, I'm free. I can't, yeah. It's like it's like uh, Nickelback. I can't sing it without trying to imitate the singers' voices. And same with uh, "I Miss You" by uh, Blink One Eighty Two. Like you can't not sing that while tr- doing their voice in the most over the top fashion possible. Yes. Then we found that they found uh, Alex. I don't. I always forget his last name. Uh, Marvez. Yeah, it was that. No, it's not Marvez. What's the Spanish guy's name? Oh yeah, no, I know who you're talking about. I'm but he's, a, he's Alex too. Uh, so they found out he is the one being recruiting for the Dark Order, and then there is a fight between. Uh, it looks like uh, Santana, Ortiz, uh, Sammy, and Dasha against Anna, Ten, uh, Five. And then Al- I-, I think that's another Alex, right? His name's Alex, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure his name's Alex. Yeah. So they fought. 
and it was it was a great battle. Uh, but yeah, lots of good laughs. Vicky Guerrero told them to, uh, to call on the power of the Spanish people, and <laughs> I, I just thought that was hilarious. Uh, they talked about being broke in uh, being broke in uh, the Dark Order dungeon, and he's like, "I've been wearing the same suit for ten years." I thought that was hilarious, and then we found out Stu has yet another skill. Uh, I forgot, he went to, like, carpentry school or some shit for three years. That's how he did the table. It's, and then Anna's, Anna's always herself. I, I don't know. See, I kind of want the Dark Order to kind of go back to being the Dark Order. I mean, oh. I think, I think they're funny. I do. But, yeah, it's like, in the spirit of Brody, they gotta fuck somebody up. Yeah. It's just yeah. at this point, like yes, like papers need to be thrown or something. Yes, like, yeah, and it's like I love the comic relief and it was great, but it's like somebody's got to take the leadership role. I know negative one, a terrifying leader, terrifying leader. I would not, I would not walk down the same alley as a negative one. Don't get me wrong, uh, but I feel like they need someone at this point that can drive, you know. To lead the group, so hopefully this Hangman thing is going somewhere. Maybe it ends up with Hangman joining the Dark Order. I don't know. That would be great because they do need a leader. It's yes. just like yeah, they look like they're uh, lead uh, leaderless. So they are not going. They have direction, no direction right now. Then we got to see a beautiful Vicious Vixens audition where we got to see the dance moves. Of many wrestlers. Let's go. Yeah, so Griff Garrison's got got moves. Scorpio Sky, yeah, he's very athletic, but he ain't dance worth shit. Yeah, uh, I was surprised. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> and Helico, you know, we all know he has sick moves. You, you know, he and then of course John Silver, the sexiest man in AEW. No That's question. simple. That's simple. But no, uh, it was it was it was fun. It was, it was fun. Brandon Cutler sleeping again. They like videos of him sleeping for some reason. Uh, it was, yeah. And that was pretty much BTE. They made fun of Brandon for sleeping because he's a Mizark. Yes. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, it was It was just, it was an episode. It, it really was. <laughs> like, it's like, you know, you're not, everything's not going to be the funniest thing in the world. It was, it was an episode of the show. <laughs> That's about right, yeah. But yeah. we can now quickly get into AEW Dynamite for this for this week. But real quickly, um, as well, we can go through just real quick. Showed a couple of the results from the Japanese side of the of the uh, women's eliminator tournament. I'll just go through that real quickly. Aja Kong got the win over Rin Kan Katakura. Yes. Uh, yep, and then uh uh. Maki Ito, uh, who I believe everyone wanted to win the entire thing when she just showed up like, hello, motherfucker, actually lost to Ryo Mizunami, which was actually really surprising to me. I thought with the response that she got on Twitter that AEW was going to be like, okay, let's have her go pretty far at least. But wasn't the wasn't the case. Um, Emi Sakura got the win over Veni Asuka. And then Yuka Zakazaki, my girl, got the win over Mei Sugura. So, and, uh, so Dave Meltzer pointed out, he's like, all the people, basically how it went, everyone that has been on Dynamite before won. 
everybody oh, yeah. that oh, had yeah. never been on Dynamite before lost. So it's, he pointed it out, and I was like, "Oh shit, that is how they did it." <laughs> it was very much how they did that. No, I and that was the mindset I had going into it. I was like, "Well, we know these girls." And I have a slight sneaking sneaking suspicion that they were going to go ahead and just give the wins to the people that uh, had already been on AEW shows before. And, 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 the, was, and the whole thing with Maki, Maki Ito, you have no idea when this was recorded. That's true. That is true. And everybody's like, well, Cheetah's putting out video that she's in Japan. Dude, working the gimmick. Come on, you got to watch the episode of The Rock. And like, of course. Yeah, but the winner of this tournament is already in America. I'm just going to tell you that right now. No question. <laughs> it's like, it's like because you have to do a two-week quarantine when you fly from Japan. So there's no way they can wait until the end of the tournament to bring the person in. They're already I love, I love how you reference Young Rock, too. Yes. No, I was because now that is something that you know, I was watching Young Rock, and it just made so... I was like, man. I was like, I wonder... I kept saying, I wonder if this is too insider baseball for that, you know, casual viewer of a TV show. You know they what I mean? They know it's fake anyway, so... Well, no, no, I'm just saying, but they used a lot of jargon. They used a lot of wrestling oh, yeah, jargon. Yeah, they might not know what the hell <laughs> talking about. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, that shit's like Spanish to normal people, so it's like... For me, because I don't understand Spanish, uh, you know, for normal people. So, but yeah, I was like, so I used the reference that people would get. It's like, yeah, so of course, yeah, you're going to get pictures from Japan. Was that picture taken today? Probably not. You never know. <laughs> you never know. It's just, it's like, dude, it's like everyone does that. I, I, I love, I put, every year I put up a picture of me and my wife on uh you know for our anniversary or whatever and there's always one person that congratulates me on getting married that day like i'm like no <laughs> this is like for two years ago bro <laughs> i did not get married that day and, and it, it happens every time so it's just like yeah you have to realize some of these pictures weren't taken that day just because i posted it that day doesn't mean it was taken that day so yeah uh and just real quickly, what I was impressed with, uh, uh, Maki Ito, her whole character work, I think it's very much a, I mean, I, it was probably super over in Japan, but I think it would be killer in America. Oh people, God, people would yes. People would be, uh, especially if she, I mean, she could use her Japanese music, but if she wanted to cater it to America, pick like a uh, American uh you know, Tony buys the rights to American pop song, and she sings that on the way down to the ring or whatever, like she does. Uh, it, I, I just thought her whole presentation, I, I was like, dude, this would be so over in the United States. Uh, Rio Mizunami, I had already seen her before. That was, I thought it was, I thought it was a really good match. Vinny, aka in Jap Japan, she's known as Asuka, of course. That's why she had to change her name. Impressed the shit out of me. I mean, really yeah, yeah, high flyer and stuff. And then I found out, uh, I found out uh, she's genderless, or I guess she's a trans woman. And I did not know that, you know, when I was watching it or whatever, it didn't change my opinion uh, and how impressed I was anyway. But I was like, this is kind of cool. I thought that was a cool fact to know. And then Yuka is my favorite. She, I mean, Yuka was like. 
when AEW launched, I was like, I'm going to be a Kylie Ray fan. That was like that was the latest yeah. reality. Yeah, so when Kylie Ray uh, had uh, had her thing and she's not able to wrestle anymore, Yuka was going to be my girl. And then COVID happened. I know, dude. It, it hurt me so much when I couldn't see Yuka Takazaki uh, yeah. as much as I wanted to. Because I, when I remember when I first saw her at a double, because she was at Double or Nothing, right? Yeah, that's right. So when when I first saw her there, I saw because they a lot all of the Joshi wrestlers. I had no clue who any of them were. So, but when I saw her, I was like, her right there. That's my girl. Like, oh my god, she's just so adorable. You know what's you know what's hilarious. The first time I saw her was they were setting up for Starcast because you know we I got there stupid early. They were oh, setting up for Starcast and all the Joshis came in together and were talking and they were just in normal clothes and I was just like and even even then I immediately was like okay who's that she's gonna be my favorite like before I even knew her name. <laughs> anything i was like okay i'm gonna like her <laughs> and it was like so then i found out you couldn't all that you know they did their whole thing and it's like and i didn't meet them at starcast because i had bought like 50 different meet and greets and i was just trying to <laughs> i was just trying to make it to the ones i paid for but uh but yeah i i've just been like man she's gonna be great and because she has that whole She's almost like a genie thing, the magical girl Yuka. I was, I was gonna say yeah, her parachute pants. Yeah, and then she did like a springboard four fifty as her finisher, and I'm like, okay, okay, athletic. Even this was on the tournament to beat uh, Macy Girl. I was like, okay, and that is my prediction. Not knowing anything in advance, they have done a great job of keeping this off of the internet, so I don't think anyone knows the winner. My uh my guess is from the women's side. I got Yuka from uh from the Japan women's side. I got Yuka from the American side. I got Brit, and I think it's all gonna go back to that Brit trying to break Yuka's face thing. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, but now with that finished, we can start off with the opening match from this week's Dynamite. Uh, going back to last week, real quick because we weren't able to cover it. There was a segment with Matt Hardy and Hangman Adam Page, and Hangman because Matt Hardy the week before was like, "Let's go out to let's go out for some drinks with me. Go out for some drinks with me." And Hangman immediately heard that was just heard drinks, and then he was fine. So he goes out with Matt, and he's drinking, and at the same time, Matt Hardy's trying to get Hangman to sign a contract. And while Hangman is uh, got the contract in front of him, and Matt Hardy's not paying attention, he switches it out, and. All of a sudden, he signs something. Matt Hardy doesn't read it. He just signs it because he's so excited because he's signing Hangman Adam Page. And we didn't know exactly what was changed. But at Matt Hardy and Hangman Adam Page faced off against the Hybrid 2 and Helico and Jack Evans, um, who I am really glad to see more often on Dynamite. Uh, I will say, however, few sloppy spots on this one for THG. There were a couple spots where they just missed, they missed their target or little bit of miscommunication they just slipped up there was a little bit of mess ups on this one a couple botches but like i mean it's it happens but like yeah i just had to point that out as well but uh eventually um matt hardy and and uh hangman Adam page got the win um in terms of matches it was it, it started off honestly really strong but just kind of it tampered off a little bit because of the botches but the segment afterwards where we found out about what exactly was changed in the contract by Hangman 
was the fact that it was actually for a match instead of a talent contract. And it would be Hangman Adam Page versus Matt Hardy at Revolution. And if Matt Hardy loses, Hangman gets all of Matt Hardy's earning from earnings from the first quarter of 2021. Hardy immediately flips out saying you're nothing but a carny and says, okay, well, if I win, you have to give me something just because you're a man of honor, right? So how about if I win, I get all of your earnings from quarter one of 2021. Hangman's like, fine, and it's a big money match. So... Also, um, Hangman, the Jaguars mascot, came out to deliver the contract, and it turned out to be Isaiah Cassidy, and he, like, headbutted him with his uh, massive fucking head. And then it, immediately Matt Hardy goes to TH2. He's like, what was it, like $4,500? That's very specific, $3,700. That's right, $3,700. I thought it was 4500 for a second. $3,700 if you kick his ass. Yes, it's a very specific number. <laughs> I was just like, this is like, yeah, but this was great. I, I didn't even catch the Barodi reference to where he said a good friend of mine told me always to have some papers in my pocket. Oh. I, yeah, I didn't even I didn't catch that as a Brody reference. I was just like, okay, somebody told him to have papers in his pockets. But since and speaking of Brody and Dark Order, Dark Order was the ones to come to ha- save Hangman Adam Page. And you just see the, that Hangman's just looking at John Silvers and all of them. And they're they're still helping him out, despite the fact that Hangman walked out on them. And I'm just like, for the love of God, Hangman, join the Dark Order. Join the Dark Order. Yes, please. Yeah, we. And I mean, like, if you if you wanted a perfect uh, uh, just leader right now, especially if they were going to be babyface, Hangman is the guy to do it. Absolutely, I just like if they're going to go babyface, Hangman is the perfect leader for the Dark Order. I know you just said that, but I needed to reiterate it by saying it again. It's just like it, it and you know, leading the face faction would be fun. Uh, John Silver has got done well to get himself over. Him and Alex Reynolds are very talented in the ring. I, I, and I'm actually one of the things I'm shocked of is that Evil Uno and Stu Grayson haven't been more closely related with the AEW tag team titles. I, but I can honestly say that about like four different teams in in the company. That's how uh, deep this tag team division is. So um, yeah, I just think the Dark Order has everything. Uh, and you know, they had the longest reigning BTE champion in history, John Silver. So I, I love that. Yeah, I love it all. Absolutely. And then afterwards was an interview with the Inner Circle. As we forgot to, to what, what we couldn't talk about from last week, my boy Sammy quit the Inner Circle after interaction with uh, MJF backstage where he got in MJF's face and, um, Sammy Guevara found out that uh, MJF was f- was recording something on his phone. He then punched him in the gut, and he also had a camera guy filming the entire thing. And he said, I said, if one more thing happened, I was done. MJF did another thing. I quit. And he walked out, and then he said like to Alex Marvez uh, backstage, I need a place, a, a break from this place, which was the rumors for him going to. Yeah, yeah, and just to like clear it up, because this is all things elite. The thing with Sammy is he went to Nashville. Uh, they laid out what they wanted him to do. Uh, he wasn't comfortable with it. I, apparently it had him like losing straight up to someone that he wasn't comfortable with. Uh, I've heard many different rumors about what was presented, so I can't really, you know, I can't, you know, grain of salt. But they presented him something. He didn't like it. 
he called Chris Jericho. So everybody that acts Chris like it's Jericho's idea. Yeah, it's Jericho's idea. He's working with Callus. He called Jericho, his mentor, his friend, and said, hey, this is what they want me to do. And Jericho's like, I wouldn't do that. Just leave. So everyone acting like Sammy Guevara was just being a bitch and complaining and bounced. That's not what happened. He literally called and told them. And he had a they, conversation with the guy who pitched the idea. And they told him to leave. <laughs> so just that's how I understand it from Meltzer. He was told to just go home, and then they just picked somebody else to do the thing. There's no heat on Impact side. Apparently, there's no heat on AEW side. Sammy Guevara is young, and I think he's, you know, he's learning. Like, Apparently, I, I wasn't very familiar with him, but from what I hear, Sammy five years ago might have just left. It might have burned the bridge and annoyed everybody. But it seems like he has matured, and he's you know he said, "Hey, I don't like this." And you, you know you're right to say it. Apparently, you know when Sammy goes back, I mean, most of the time when they write you off and you're healthy to go away for a while, they plan on pushing the shit out of you when you get back. So, if Impact was saying he was going to lose a lot, that's not something <laughs> that would have been smart for him to do. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, so I don't know. I, like I said, I don't know what happened. Uh, and unlike many things in wrestling, they've actually been able to keep this a secret. So, <laughs> I, uh, so it's just everybody speculating at this point. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. But uh, Sammy seems to be fine. I hope they keep him, still keep him off of uh, AEW for a while, yeah. uh, and, and then you know he can come back later. Absolutely, yeah. And like I said, while he's gone too, like they're like Inner Circle are just setting the seeds for when Sammy eventually gets back at the Inner Circle, where uh, Jericho literally just said, "Sammy, you're dead to me." Yes, I, I never you walk wanna... out on the Inner Circle. You walk out on this family, and also. Still heated at um at MJF because MJF was like yeah fuck you Sammy and then Jericho's just like shut up so there are like there's, he, and, there's and still the, issues with Sammy with I mean with uh, MJF with this and I love that Jericho's not a complete idiot he's like yeah I mean, exactly he's, he's like <laughs> he's like I knew y'all didn't like each other I thought y'all would make each other stronger by getting on each other's nerves and that's what was the purpose of putting you both in the inner circle. You you know you got what you wanted. Sammy quit, but I blame Sammy more. I just I thought that was just I thought it was expertly done in a way like you know MJF is usually uh, MJF's usually the smarter than the person that he's with. Jericho's like I see you, dude. I, I it's, it's you're not doing anything I don't expect you to do. You do know who you're next to. Yes, you know, I'm do you're doing exactly what I would have done to somebody back in the day. So, come on. Yep. <sighs> but going into the next match was the NWA Women's Champion Serena Deeb facing returning for the first time and I want to say like 7 months, I want to think. Yes. I, I, uh, J- JR said the exact date. I don't remember the exact date, but JR said the exact or, or Shivani, one of them, said the exact date since she had wrestled. But yeah, it had been a very long time since we had seen Miss Rio. And yeah, this match did not disappoint. I'm Absolutely like, Absolutely not. Uh, no, like I said, I'm while Riho like 
when 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 the women's division was starting to get going and they crowned the first women's champion to be Riho, like I was fully bought into Riho and the fact that she ended up not being on TV because of COVID and she stepped away a little bit. Uh, I the women's division was hurting for her to come back because like she was just such a good talent. Uh, Serena Deeb has been one of my favorites recently in this like new uh, push for the women's division, working with NWA Power. I love Serena Deeb. And seeing these two go at it, they put on a really good technical clinic. I love the finish of just the back-and-forth pinning attempts. And they were really, really creative in how they just transitioned into each one. And it was fluent. Like, such a strong women's match, too. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. And it was just um, NWA Women's Champion versus uh, former first ever AEW Women's Champion. And made perfect sense to me uh, for Riho to get the win coming back. Serena's obviously did so fucking good. Um, and I was so happy with this match's uh, placement. Yeah, and I just thought, like the reversal, the mat work, still working each other's style... Uh, deep, uh, like, hey, my knee's messed up, so I'm gonna go after your knee. Uh, and then even in the end, how she, uh, it was just a series of pinfalls that Rio just, you know, caught her. It, and it, it, it kept Serena Deep strong. It, of course, kept Rio strong. But even if Rio doesn't win this tournament, it's even more important because it sets her up for an NWA title shot. So they, oh, yeah. if they wanted to do a big NWA match for Dynamite or for the Revolution show, it's already built in. Totally. I, I want to talk about this uh, next little small bit. I mean, it was small, but I want to mention it. Uh, there was the video package of Shaq and Jade Cargill training for the match against Cody and Red Velvet. The training was them playing basketball. And I know Shaq played basketball. I know he did. Former MVP, for God's sake. Multi-time NBA champion. But, my guy, uh, you're in a wrestling match. Whether or not you can shoot a bucket or Jay can put a layup up or whatnot is not going to help you in terms of your wrestling. Um, You shot a mid-range jumper. Good on you, Shaq. You're not known for doing that very often, especially where you're at right now. So, good on you. But, Honestly, I saw this segment and I kind of laughed because I was just like, I would have if they actually showed footage of ring, of Shaq running around in a ring, I would have been all for it because at least it shows Shaq actually trying to like prepare for a wrestling match. But instead, it was Shaq on the basketball court and Jade on the basketball court, and I, I was just kind, I was, I was just like. I, like I said, I, I kind of I giggled at this segment a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I just I didn't understand the point. No, it was just I did I, I, I get didn't. Like, I, I, I feel like like if next week um if if next week they go on and they actually do show Shaq in the ring because like Jade's not a basketball player, so this was her doing basketball stuff and she was doing it well. And obviously Shaq is the former MVP and the former NBA champion, but. 
if next week they actually go down, they do another video package and they show actually Shaq in a ring with Jade, there we go. Then at least yeah. it's like, okay, yeah. you stepped into my world and you trained and then I stepped into your world and trained. And then yeah. it makes a little bit more sense. But at this point in time, I'm sorry, I kind of giggled at the segment. It, it's so hilarious now that it seems the point of this whole thing is to get Jade Cargill over. I mean, yeah. That's, that's what it really does seem. It's like, there's no doubt in my mind, at the end of this match, it's going to be Jay Cargill pinning Red Velvet. Oh, yeah. No question. And yeah, it's like, because of course you're not trying to get Shaq over. Shaq's already a star. Cody's already a star. He's probably the face of the company. So you got the face of the company against Shaq, right? And they're going to do some stuff, and they're going to have some fun. But I'm like... If you're going to do Shaq versus Cody, right? Shouldn't it just be Shaq versus Cody? Yeah. yeah I mean, but again, that would be the case. That would be my complaint if I haven't realized now. The point is to introduce this new star, Jade, and I think they're going to put her in a dominant winning position fairly quickly. So they are using this whole buildup to make more name recognition for Jade Cargill. Yeah, that's honestly what it means. Especially considering that every time at, at the end of those uh, segments, they just show Jade Cargill's logo. So like, it's it's the focus is on Jade. Yeah, which if you had told me at the beginning of this with her coming out and she's saying Shaq versus you know, and they're talking about Shaq versus Cody, I look like no. And then it's like as you get as it comes out, it's getting clear that she's supposed to be the focus of this. Yeah. Um, but going into the next match, honestly, was really fucking quick. It was just uh, Orange Cassidy versus Luther, and it was a really fucking quick match. I don't have anything to say on it. I genuinely don't. Oh, no. I, I, I honestly don't understand what the point of this match was. Uh, like, because like, Roos, you know, like, Miro didn't come down. It's like they had three minutes and they didn't know what to do with it almost or whatever. Yeah. And it somebody, seemed like it was literally there to pad time. Yeah, somebody uh, put like on a post that you could put Luther on there, but you couldn't put a women's match. Well, the women's tournament match would take more than three minutes. You have to think, you know, apples to apples. You would be yeah. like, if you put a women's tournament match on there and it only lasted three minutes, yeah, I think that would have caused more harm than good. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. yeah, so really nothing to say. It was literally a two-minute, three-minute match, so nothing much to say about that. But we now get into uh, Team Taz, uh, just the machine Brian Cage, Taz and Hook walking into the ring. Um, as they said, Sting sent his snow down to Texas, so they're down a few men. So there was no Ricky Starks, and there was no Powerhouse Hobbs. Um, and the week before uh, this episode of Dynamite, uh, they showed Sting coming out to be interviewed by Tony Schiavone, but then Team Taz beat up Darby Allen backstage, put him in a body bag, tied him to a truck, and then drove away. And Sting then said that he would he would uh, call out Team Taz the next week, which is what they Team Taz knew. So it's like you're going to call us out, and there's only three of us right now. So why don't you just come out right now? Sting walks to the ring, and he's got his baseball bat. And he steps in and then just like just walks straight in. He's like, that's the worst thing you've done, man. There's no Darby Allen. And without that bat, you're done. You have, you're nothing without that. 
He then tosses the bat aside, takes his jacket off, throws it at, I believe, Hook, and then starts beating up Brian Cage. And then Hook proceeds to take the bat, swing it at Sting, and then Brian Cage just fucking powerbombed the shit out of Sting. And uh, now this was the shocking moment because every rumor, every website, everything I heard is that Sting wasn't gonna bump. That's all I heard. I heard I heard he was going to do cinematic matches, so he didn't have to bump. This dude took a power bomb, which is you know, it's a bump. It's a flat back, straight, nasty power bomb bump. And big ass dude. Yeah, and he sold the shit out of it too, because it looked like <laughs> it looked like he didn't know where he was. With the no, yeah, they filmed him top down, and then that became like the meme of the show of just him just staring up at the ceiling, just being like, "What the fuck did I just do?" The funniest one I saw was one they said, "Hey, uh, they showed a picture of him standing up, saying, oh, this edible ain't shit.'" And they said thirty <laughs> minutes later, and they showed him on the ground with his eyes wide open. I was like, "Yeah, I was like, yeah, that was my first experience with the edible." <laughs> but no, it was it was great. I am. Do you do you know how exponentially this increased my excitement for the street fight? Just the fact that we saw him take a bump. Yeah, that, the fact that I know he can bump and that it's gonna be an actual wrestling match. Like, let me tell you my bad thing. Remember when Bret Hart came back and then he had that, I got quotes in the air, match with uh, match with Vince McMahon and everybody knew he couldn't bump? That was my first WrestleMania I'd ever watched, and I was dreading that match. And I, like, I, He literally, like, there was no point in that. He didn't fucking hit the ground once. Yes, and I thought it was, and it was terrible. I, to me, me, I am not as nostalgia- uh, to, for certain things that other people are, I just a person being there, it doesn't not, like just thing being in a match is great. But the fact that you know he couldn't do anything, I was just like nothing about the street fight excites me. That one bump Wednesday, even if they go back and still film it, like he can't take a bump or whatever, it increased my excitement for this match. I now actually care that the match is happening. I still think Team Taz has to win, but I am very excited that it's going to happen now. Yeah, no, I am as well. Yeah, it was like, dude, this whole six weeks of him pointing bats at people and them running away. Yes! And it is it, finally, and, and then yeah. he finally gets his ass kicked. <laughs> yes, and they trusted Brian Cage to do it. Team Taz actually looks like a threat. Now it's like, come on, March 7th. It's like, like literally, it like pumped excitement right into my veins i'm like i don't know if you can hear it because if you anyone's listened to the show these past few weeks anytime a sting segment comes up oh same old shit and i groan literally flipped me that man just taking a bump yes <laughs> but now we had another kenny omega segment with don Callis. i will mention the last week's one which was uh kenny omega on the golf course uh, where he was talking to Alex Marvez. Um, as somebody who golfs, uh, when I saw Kenny Omega on the golf course, I was like, what the fuck is this Canadian doing on a golf course? I was like, what is this man doing? Uh, and then he, he chips it out of the sand, and then while he's talking with Alex Marvez, uh, Don Callis in the background just grabs another ball and then puts it right in the hole, and he's like, you chipped it in, man! Oh my god! Um, I will say, though, wasn't a bad out of the sand. Like, not even that bad. 
um, considering that he's a wrestler, not a golfer. So I will say, not even that bad. Um, but this week, he was visiting a kindergarten class, and he brought a copy of uh, the Young Bucks Killing the Business book to read to the class. Um, I saw this, and I was just giggling just because, like, like Kenny was being re- like, these are my best friends in the world. And I was just like, uh-huh. And um, there was the other part was, like, um, when, ki- when one of the kids was, like, asking, are they in love? And I was just like, we're just keep going at this cover of how it looks like they're looking at each other's dicks, aren't we? We're just doing this consistently, aren't we? He reads, like, two lines, and then they're like, oh, Uncle Kenny's got to go. No, the two, like, and, and, they got to do. And the two, uh, like, and the he two. can't play, but Michael Nakazawa can play. And they're like, we hate Nakazawa. And they just kids start beating the shit out of Nakazawa. <laughs> and to add to the point, the two lines that he talked about were about him and how him and Karis Jericho changed the business of professional wrestling. Yep, it was the deal. He reading from the Bucks book. But the one part he reads wasn't even about the Bucks. I I thought that was hilarious. Yes, no, it was. It was these two. The, these last two segments that Kenny has been in have been so fucking funny. And the we hate Nakazawa thing. I'm like, yes, we all hate Nakazawa. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay to it's hate. Okay, Nak- kids, you're in the right on this. One. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I don't. I don't usually say children are right, but. <laughs> hating Nakazawa. He he's not even on dark anymore. I don't know if he's hurt or they he's just doing other things, but he's not even on dark anymore. He's just Yeah, I guess they're just keeping him I guess they're just keeping him with Kenny for a little bit. But either way, uh the week before this episode of Dynamite they announced uh the Young Bucks challenging Santana and Ortiz for the AEW tag team championships. And now this week we get that match. Um and Papa Buck and Mama Buck were at ringside for the match. And I got to say, I haven't seen those two. Well, specifically Papa Buck. I haven't seen much of Mama Buck at, like, Starcast and shit. But I have not seen Papa Buck in so fucking long. And it's, like, genuinely nice to see them, honestly. Yeah, really is. And it was funny. It was like, well, you know, Starcast stuff, just walking around. And you could just chat. And, you know, they're just nice people. And so it was kind of cool to see them at the show. Absolutely. Um, so this match was really strong. I mean, it's Santana and Ortiz versus the Bucks. We know these two can work really well, and it's nice to see Santana and Ortiz. They've never gotten a tag team title shot, and they finally got one against the Bucks, and it was great to see them actually uh, fight for the titles. Backstage during this match was Kenny Omega, Don Callis, and the Good Brothers, of course, watching on the TV monitor, facing as angled as they possibly could be. Oh, no, like... Kenny almost looked like he was looking behind him. It was yeah, no, so his head was, like turned at a ninety degree angle. <laughs> yes, it was hilarious. I was like, my God, man, we're really doing this. <laughs> but um, uh, in the match, MJF got uh, uh, interfered a little bit, and because of that, Rick Knox saw that and inje- ejected the entire inner circle from ringside. He- so once again, MJF being a little bitch is causing problems for the inner circle and i feel like it's starting to sink in that like hey mjf's kind of been a bit of a detriment but i think it's going to continue with mjf just doing his own thing and then the inner circle members are going to start getting mad at him again but uh match again was really strong uh there was such great uh like tag team moves that they put out together and just like teamwork moves um and after MJ, uh, after the Bucks got the 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 finisher, uh, they uh, they got the the pin. Uh, 
immediately after they got the win, uh, they proceeded to get jumped instantaneously by the inner circle. And Kenny Omega was like, "Are we gonna go? Are we gonna go get him? Or are we gonna go get him?" And then Don Callis was like, "No, no, no you you can't go out there. Like, Good Brothers, you go out. Go, go, go." Uh, Brandon Cutler tried to do do some help, didn't work at all. He got killed by Jake Hager. Um, and then they were both trapped in the salt of the earth and the lion tamer uh, by MJF and Jericho, and they were both tapping out. Good Brothers come out, and they uh, the inner circle immediately retreat before the Good Brothers even get a hand on any of them. And then while the inner circle's out uh, ringside, Papa Buck just shoves Chris Jericho and. Jericho's just like kind of like smirking to himself, and I have a sneak. I have a small suspicion that um, I think Papa Bunk's, Buck's going to get jumped next week. I don't know why, but I just feel like they're going to beat the shit out of it. They, Papa Buck has got to get physical with Jericho next week. Let's get a match. Let's get a match. Let's go. Let's get a match. Let's go. Book it. He he's watched his sons wrestle so much. I'm pretty sure he can pick it up. It'd be more convincing than Miz's dad. Yes, and then the, but of course, and the goat can definitely carry carry anyone to a great match. He could, have a, sure. he could have a great match with me, and I would get tired of walking out to the ring. <laughs> <laughs> but moving into the next part, real quick, small segment because Brandy Rhodes showed up on Dynamite with Cody. And it was to reveal the gender of their baby. And it was Pink Pyro shooting off, and they are having a baby girl. And congrats. That's really all we can say for that. And I love how Randy didn't tell Cody, too, because they were just like... Oh, dude. Yeah, he leaks everything. So, uh, yes, congratulations to uh, the new princess of the uh, Rhodes family. Uh, Yeah, I mean... As far as genetics, she's gonna she's gonna be like an eleven. And, I mean, it's Cody and it's Brandy. I'm like two of the most attractive people on earth. I'm like, like, you know what I mean, and in this case, she set, she set up for life. In this case, God is giving with both hands. You know, so yeah. There you yeah. go. <laughs> but immediately after the the gender reveal, uh, we had Matt and Mike Seidel. Uh, Mike Mike Seidel, who was making his debut on Dynamite, so the Seidel brothers teaming to face returning from suspension, your boys FTR, Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood. Great stack team on Earth. Walking God's green earth. Uh, it's good to have them back. Unfortunately, Sting and his stupid snow kept totally stuck in San Antonio, so he couldn't make mm-hmm. it. But, uh, you know, FTR was undefeated without Tully, you know? So, let's go. And I will say they did get the win even without Tully in this matchup. Um, I will. I was... Very surprised with the team of Matt and Mike Seidel because, I mean, I know Mike, Matt Seidel is really strong too, but, like, the way these guys moved around was just, like, it was it was like the perfect kind of match for FTR to wrestle too. Two guys that are just speedsters, unbelievably uh, athletic and agile, just moving around the ring like crazy, but then Dax and Cash just blast the shit out of them. Like, I know at one point... Um, they had uh, they were just nailing them with uppercuts, and also didn't they show um, uh, it was uh, Dory Funk out in the crowd too, wasn't he there? Yes, Dory Funk was out in the crowd as a special guest of AEW, and this match was fire. It was 
I mean, I, I love everything FTR does. Uh, for some of my friends that are, are traditional Southern tag, That's this is what this match was. Matt and Mike Seidel, uh, being small was the perfect group. They were small and fast. They were the perfect, uh, you know, styles. You know, styles makes fights. They were the perfect opponents for FTR. I, you know, and I just think that I think it was great. And it leading into Jungle Boy versus and uh, Luchasaurus when they eventually have that match, it's going to even be more fun. Yeah, and it was a great win for FTR. They eventually got the win um, with when, the big uh, rig. Yeah, with the big rig, they got the win. Uh, and then when Doc Samson comes into the ring to check up on Mike. They grab the bag and pull out uh, surgical scissors, and we're going to try to cut Mike Seidel's hair, which I was like, I don't know how successful that's going to be. That's meant for, like, athletic tape. But lights go dark, and then on the screen, we see a shadow of Luchasaurus with his old mask where the the uh, horns got cut off by uh, FTR. And then as the lights come back on, every single member of Jurassic Express is in the ring, and Luchasaurus has his new mask that has both his horns, and they just proceed to beat the shit out of FTR. And then eventually they just run off. They put them in a submission move after they had just had a highly contested match with two highly athletic people. The cowards, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, had to turn the lights out and then show up behind to sneak attack FTR. To get the advantage three on two. I want people to understand what they actually saw. It was two cows, three cowards sneaky attacking two people that had already wrestled in a match. Tell me that's not what happened, Austin. <laughs> um but I mean like my man. They cut his they cut the horns off of a dinosaur. You don't think that the dinosaur is gonna play a little bit more dirty to get back at him i'm not saying i'm not saying they play dirty it's just people acting like they got some come up and so i'm like i could turn i could turn out the lights and sneak attack somebody from behind <laughs> i mean that doesn't mean that doesn't mean when you got to look two grown men in the face and then fight them that you're going to be able to hang with the best tag team on on earth but yeah these yeah these cowards Cowards at the higher of the jungle man, jungle man, his and his lizard. I thought higher of them until Wednesday when I found out they some sneak attackers. I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know. But going into the main event, we had another six man tag match actually, because last week we had the six man tag between Kenny Omega and Kenta and uh. Uh, who did they? Who did they team with? Uh, last week, uh, uh, Kenta and, Hank, and Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega, uh, Kenny Omega and Kenta were the team. Oh, it was just uh, that's right. It was just a tag team match. That's right. Against then it was Mox, versus, uh, Moxley and uh, Lance Archer. Yes, that's right. That was a tag match. This is a six man match. Um, which again, I was very sad that we couldn't talk about Kenta being having his first match in AEW Dynamite history. I was so happy to see him there, and they did great. Um, that's all we got to say on that, though. Like, no, so dude, dude uh, that match was. 
I would honestly say probably my top five, one of my top five matches in Dynamite history. It was just so entertaining, so exciting. The added excitement of having Kenta there, but then they just beat the shit out of each other for like no 15 kidding, minutes. Dude. Like when they when <laughs> when when Lance Archer was knocked out of the ring and they had uh, Jake the Snake at, uh, held by the Good Brothers, and it looked like Kenny was gonna V trigger fucking uh, Jake the Snake. I was screaming, and then all of a sudden. Moxley comes in with his barbed wire bat, and I just I popped so much when I saw that. Though they they tore the house down with that main event. Yes. So and then this six man t- uh, tag, uh, I just want to say if I haven't said this a hundred and twenty two times before, it must be said again. Ray Phoenix might be the best professional wrestler Dude, walking guy man, between her. I don't understand. Like, what else does he have to prove? He's already proved that he's so fucking good that he's literally one of the best guys on the roster. He probably is the best guy on the roster. And it looks but like even, even Penta being gone, Penta being gone is even has added more of a spotlight to just pay against, pay attention to Ray. And it's just like. That thing, he walked up the ropes, did the spinny kick, and then landed on his feet. I'm like, that hot tag was fucking insane, dude. dude. That hot tag, I got tired watching it. I couldn't get <laughs> it. I was like, dude, I'm exhausted. I'm like, how, how? I mean, this dude is a cardio monster. I'm like, how do you do that? I was like, I don't think, I don't think fifty percent of the, well, honestly, like eighty percent of the wrestlers could have that he works with could have pulled off that exact same hot tag because it was I'm, just so explosive to every I'm, position. I'm so convinced that at this point, uh, Ray Finis could run a half marathon on a trapeze stick and run at at least. Like an hour speed and beat the half marathon in less than an hour. Like I'm convinced. Yes, uh, that dude is phenomenal, and it was like it, it. It's like I think everyone's starting to notice because I remember uh, at the beginning of AEW and Dynamite, and I was like, people were like, "Who are going to be the biggest stars created by AEW?" And I said Pentagon and Phoenix. I, I was I was always very clear by that. I didn't know if they were going to be a tag team at that time, but I was like their mask and how they move and how they're brothers. I just I just figured everyone would everyone would you know you know um, attract to them. You know, be like man, these these they have a lot of energy. Well, good lord, these last few weeks without Penna, which I fucking love with Hannah. It's like a 50-50 relationship and how much I love those two. Ray, I think, has really got the spotlight, and I would not be surprised if he hasn't garnered a tons more fans from this moment. Seriously. No. And I've been, like I said, I got nothing bad about um, Eddie Kingston. I love how Eddie Kingston's still keeping this feud with uh, John Moxley, and he's still being like, you're going to have to kill me if you want to get rid of me. It's just gonna, it's what's going to happen. Um, Butcher and the Blade had a really good showing. Again, Lance Archer in this kind of, like I said, like anti-hero position that he's got going on right now. He's really working well under it. I've, I thought, like, like, obviously he was a really strong heel just because he would just beat the shit out of anybody that came in front of him. But now it's like, literally, if you cross him, no matter what side of the spectrum you're on, babyface or heel, you will have an enemy for life, probably. It's just what's going to happen. Uh, and they did really well. Um, eventually, okay. after uh, the match was over, though, uh, when uh, I gotta say too, the last like couple minutes where it was just 
Moxley and Kingston. They fucking smacked the shit out of each other. Yeah, they did. Like that, that spinning back fist on Moxley where he just like collided with the side of his neck and then all of a sudden just Moxley proceeded to just like completely just power through that and beat up uh, Mo- uh, Kingston and then hit the paradigm shift for the win. Like that last couple minutes of those two, like they just felt like, okay, we're, we're finishing the match. Let's just kill each other right now. Yeah, and, it, and it, that's exactly what they did. Uh, Eddie Kingston's probably one of my favorite characters in AEW as far as uh, when he talks and then he gets in the ring and all that. And it was just their their rivalry is just great, and I love it. I don't know what's next because I have to say Eddie Kingston has lost a lot recently so it's yeah, like I was gonna say he needs a few to really let himself shine yeah he needs he needs a few wins i don't know who that's gonna be with uh but he's just at some point if you keep losing then it's like why do i care so he i would think after i would think after uh jurassic express is finished with ftr i would think jungle boy versus eddie kingston could be really good dude you know i had this thought process and some people might hate it but whatever I, i'm still gonna spit it out Dude, back like after Brody and everybody was like, who could be the leader of the Dark Order? I was like, dude, Eddie Kingston. Oh, God. That that if they went heel, yeah, that would actually be really- <laughs> like, dude. If they went heel, I'm like, dude, he's the angriest. His voice, I, I like. I if Eddie Kingston came up to me and said something nice, I don't know if I could trust it because his voice is. <laughs> It just sounds so angry and evil. That grime in his voice is just like, thanks. And I would be like looking at him out of the corner of my eye. I feel like you would you're, think that you're like you're, one wrong word from getting slapped. Across. Yeah, yeah, I feel like you're about to hit me. <laughs> like I don't know why. I'm like I haven't done anything to you, but just you talking to me makes me feel like you're gonna hit you. It's like when I met him, he was so humble and so down to earth, and I was just like. Okay, this is scary because I've seen the other guy, and the other guy is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> so Eddie Kingston, yeah, it's just like, and then that's the thing with him. He can lose a lot. I can't say every week. Like I said, I feel like he needs a win at some point now. But he can lose quite a bit, and it doesn't change his character because his character isn't that he's going to beat you. His character is, I'm going to fight you. I'm going to make you feel that you were in a fight and you're going to have to kill me to beat me. It's never really about him beating you. <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I said, like he's, he's literally, he's literally Stan Marsh. He's, he's, he's literally uh Stan Marsh from a uh, South Park. I didn't hear no bell. <laughs> I didn't hear no bell. Let's keep fighting. Yeah. I love it. But the finish, like I said, came when John Moxley hit the paradigm shift on Eddie Kingston. And then the good brothers proceeded to jump Moxley and uh, Kenny Omega comes out with Don Callis, and he makes the announcement that was pretty much shaking AEW to the core for this week, screaming at how, like, it doesn't matter if I beat you in an Extreme Rules match, like a non-sanctioned match, it doesn't matter if I beat you in a wrestling match, you just don't stop coming. So at this point, like, it seems like they're going past the point of no return. So he talked to Tony Khan, and the stipulation for their match for the AEW World Championship at Revolution is an exploding barbed wire death match. So what you mean to tell me is that you can have an exploding barbed wire death match without having a pay-per-view called exploding 
barbed wire death matches. And, I guess so. And man. have that every year. No, I am. Dude, I was going to the show. I was buying tickets to the show. But this made me more excited because these are the matches I've only heard about. I've only heard gifts of. I've only seen screenshots of from the early 90s. I have this thing. I really don't watch a lot of old wrestling just because there's so much new wrestling to watch. I don't really have time to go back and watch it. So I know these things existed. I knew Cactus Jack was in one and, you know, all sorts of things. And But to see this on a modern show, pay-per-view, tell your friends, tell your friends' friends, tell your people that you know, man, they quit watching wrestling a long time ago. Because look at them in the eye, look them in the eye and say, you ain't seen nothing like what you're about to see. Because these dudes are about to try to kill each other. Yeah, my, my good friend from uh, Cultaholic, uh, Justin Henry, the American writer, has uh, definitely has shown some older, like, we watched a lot of old classic ecw violent matches and stuff like that he's also shown me clips from or and he's shown me in sydney clips from uh exploding exploding uh barbed wire death matches or just death matches in general um and like i said the the most violent match i've ever seen was when we went to the gcw uh show in chicago during uh it was during revolution i'm pretty sure or it was uh no it was during all out my bad um and we went to uh the gcw uh it was like the the uh, one cup sh- stuffed or whatever one of the show that the show name i think and it featured obviously nick fucking cage who else would it re- uh, fe- feature um uh and fucking light tubes everywhere and they were just beating the shit out of each other and like instantaneously and before the match even started nick nick gage was in fucking a bloody heap um but like i said the, those exploding death matches from japan are ones that only americans they know exist, but they've never seen like with their own eyes. And in a modern form, and in a uh, public form like AEW, where it's like very easy for American fans to watch, this like it like it's it's showcasing again the variety of AEW. But again, I think I will not be upset at anybody who watches this match and I think doesn't like it because again, this is so far over with extreme that like this is. This could turn people off just because they're going to be brutal. Yes, I um, I am like, I don't even know what to expect. I mean, uh, we did miss one thing during that was announced during the show. You'll probably get to it after. I forget about that you always have a plan. But uh, yeah, like so now, uh, it, now in the, the, on the pay-per-view, right? We have a six-man ladder match and an exploding match and a street fight. It's like if you like Matt Hardy and Adam Page just being a one-on-one singles match actually seems kind of boring. Yeah, like I said, there's a lot of gimmick matches on there. I mean, this is basically a TLC pay-per-view without the name. No, I mean, like, and and I think, here's the thing, too, I will say, because, I mean, we've had the extreme matches, like the unsanctioned matches uh, with uh, John Moxley and Kenny Omega and Joey Janela, um, and those have been, happened, like, they've been spared out with how far apart they've had those types of matches, um, and it seems like this is their one show where they're like, okay, um, we haven't been able to do a ton of, like, unbelievably extreme stuff, and there's an audience for that, so we're going to let this show be the extreme show pretty much for the year it's looking like 
Um, like I said, you got a ladder match, which will get extreme, but you also get some really crazy spots out of. You get the the street fight with Sting and Darby, which, I mean, is going to have a ton of fun stuff. And we already know from their street fights, like what they had with Best Friends and Proud and Powerful, they know how to put on a good street fight. Um, and then you get the death match. Uh, so, yeah, I guess I, I guess this is just their extreme show for the year. And um, I'm fine with it because I think I enjoy extreme wrestling to a point and again i'm not sure exactly how what to even expect from this exploding death match but yes because AEW got some unfortunate news that they thought they were going up against the all-star game neither here nor there now they're going up against all of all-star weekend in one night that is what yes they are they the nba is just stuffed the entirety of all-star week in one night yeah um, it's like which, so, like this is crazy yeah, which poor one out for my boy Damian Lillard. That man should have been an all-star starter. Like, I get Luka. I like Luka, and I do think it's good that he got it. But, like, my God, man. He got the fan vote and the media vote. But, the I mean, he got the media vote and the player vote. And then the fan vote is what tipped it over for Luka. And I was just looking there. I was like, but Dame time, though. But Dame time. Well, the the fans need to vote for Damian. Portland needs to stand up. You could vote every day. I voted every day for LeBron James. It's it's but it's it's Portland versus Dallas, so Yeah. Come on, Portland, stand up. Portland, <laughs> stand up. He, and he's Seriously. got and he's got Oakland cuz that's where Dame's from. That's true. That's true. Um but yeah, no. So me personally, I'll watch the dunk contest and I'll watch the All-Star game cuz that's really all I watch for All-Star weekend cuz it's never the three-point contest and all that kind of stuff never really appeals to me. I just don't really care. But yeah, no, AEW's got a lot on their plate for what they're I, up I, against for the show. I will hopefully be in beautiful Jacksonville, Florida at the stadium in Duval. my seat Duval and uh watching yeah, if you guys listen to any radio hip-hop radio station uh, that type of music, they say it like every fifteen minutes to the end. Like I'm only, I'm only. I think the longest I've stayed there is four days. By the end of four days, I just kept saying Duval just randomly because that radio station said it so much. It was just in my head. But uh, yeah, uh, I'll, I'm excited. I've never really cared about the All NBA All Star Game. I can't even remember the last one I watched. Uh, last year I watched like the last five points that they did because they did the special scoring system yeah for kobe and they're yeah. still doing that this year too yeah so i mean i like i said i wouldn't have watched it anyway the dunk contest and the three-point contest i will probably watch uh i actually Highlights. i will probably watch you know when i get home or whatever i actually prefer the three-point contest to the dunk contest I can understand that. It's just I, I just love I just love shooting. Is just love shooting. Uh, that still to this day, as much as LeBron James is my favorite player of all time, that will never change. One of my favorite players to watch is Steph Curry, just because he takes the craziest video game shots and they go in, and it's like, and it's like the defender. All the defender can do is shake his head and like shrug his shoulders. So no. But NBA sucks now because they're the competition. They're they're the E. They're everything I hate in this world because they're going up against A-Dub. Fuck the NWA. Not the NWA, the NBA. Yeah, and it's funny because you imagine how much this pay-per-view has changed because the headline of the pay-per-view revolution was going to be Shaq versus Cody, right? 
or yeah. the, the tag that match was going to be the headline. But because the NBA moved their All-Star game to the day of AEW shows, Shaq can't now be at Revolution, so they had to put Shaq on TV. And then they've had to, okay, we got to, They've had to pivot a lot in the last couple months. They have, yeah. yeah. Corona, man, it affects everything. It really does. And, you know, and it's like it's like the world, like, the, let's say two years from now. And hopefully at that point, Corona is behind us at that point. Uh, I am, I am going, the world without COVID, talking about COVID every day is going to be a little weird. Because yeah, like it's said, such like, a huge, just... such a huge part of my life. You know, I've had it at this point, and it's just like I don't think I've won a day or a TV show or anything without hearing it mentioned. So, yeah, that point in time where it's not a thing anymore will be weird. It will be for sure. But that was dynamite for this week. Uh, real quick, because we've been going for a little bit, we're just going to really quickly go into the matches that we have on dynamite for next week, and, and I, of course. The uh, Women's Eliminator Tournament, which will be taking place on Monday on YouTube. Okay, so, yeah, the Monday uh, show, they will have the two semifinal matches from uh, Japan. They'll have the last two first-round matches. They'll have the last two first-round matches from uh, the American side. So, got Aja Kong versus Rio Mizunami. I'm thinking Kong's going to go ahead and win that. Uh, just my predictions. Uh, Yuka Sakazaki versus Semi Sakura. Based on my earlier prediction, you imagine Yuka Sakazaki uh, over Emi Sakura. Do you do you think any differently in those two matches? I do not think any differently for those two. Yeah. Then I think Nyla beats Ty Conti and Britt Baker beats Anna Jay. As much as I like Anna Jay on on uh, being the elite, and I think that's where a lot of people have thrown their love for Anna Jay is her character on uh, on being the elite. Uh, yeah, I think Britt will get the win on Anna, and then Ty Conti. I like Ty too, but Nyla's going to get the win on that too. See, and I was thinking with Britt winning, they I figured they would probably want her to face a face in the next round. So maybe Ty Conti gets the upset over Nyla Rose. Maybe, Possible. maybe rolls her, rolls her up, and then so Britt Baker would then beat up Tay and Jay on the way to the finals. That would make a, a little bit of sense, yeah. I think, yeah. but whatever happens, I think it's the idea yeah. that Britt's going to get the win. So, and then the American semifinal match, uh, American semifinal match, the uh, will we, uh, which is who is it, uh, Thunder Rosa and Rio will actually be on a special show. They're doing Bleacher Report. So Bleacher Report Live is doing a, a free Sunday on February 28th. So February 28th at 6, you'll get Rio versus Thunder Rosa. And then this Wednesday, you'll get the winner of uh, Tay J or Taya Conti and Nyla Rose uh, and Anna J and Britt Baker. The winners of those two matches are going to fight this Wednesday on AEW uh aw and that'll set one side of the finals of the american side and then you'll get the other set on the 28th on that bleacher report show so i just yep. wanted to throw out that that's just a little scheduling information in case anyone was confused on when everything was coming there you go and then for the rest of the matches that will be that have been announced for dynamite next week we get ray phoenix versus lance archer which like that's just uh, David versus Goliath math that's just match that's just gonna be fucking killer. And uh, John, uh, and it's gonna be a qualify it's a qualifying match for that ladder match. 
it is a qualifying yes for the uh, face of the face of the uh, it's face of the industry, right? Yeah, uh, face of the network. Face of the network, yeah, yeah. Face of the network ladder match. So yeah, it's a qualifying match. I feel like you gotta have Ray Phoenix. I, I love that Penta, Scorpio, and Cody already in. I love that. I, I love that. I hope Scorpio wins. I don't care who the other three people are. I'm 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 like really all in on. I think Scorpio just needs to start being pushed. I agree. I 100 percent agree. I think Scorpio. This would be a huge moment for him. You also get John Moxley versus Ryan Nemeth, Isaiah Cassidy versus Hangman Adam Page, and Brian Cage and Ricky Starks of Team Taz versus the Varsity Blondes, and then Brandon Cutler is gonna die to Jake Hager. Yeah, that's that's oh god. Yeah, that's not gonna last very long. I'm so scared for that D and D fan. I'm yeah. so scared. Yeah, I love his new jacket that his wife yeah, made yeah. him with the uh, dragon on the back. I thought it was really cool. Uh, last piece of news is it looks like uh, it was announced by Dave Meltzer that Thea Trinidad, formerly known as Zelina Vega in the WWE, is pen to paper is signed with AEW. They haven't announced it. They you don't know when she's going to debut, but it looks like she's going to debut soon. Uh, the uh, what's looking like is that she might, with the inner circle kind of falling apart, she might be uh, being the manager of Proud and Powerful. I don't know. That's just kind of speculation. Uh, and I do have a guess for the latter match because what they do, and this is this is. Figuring out AEW's bookie, they always have one spot left, right? And he's like, man, this person's going to show up at the pay-per-view. I am predicting that it's going to be Ethan Page from Impact. That is my prediction. I have not heard that from Dave Meltzer. That's why I wanted to say it on the show. Even if I am horribly wrong, I still wanted to say it on the show. Uh, this is uh, at 4.43 p.m. Eastern Time on February 20th that I made this prediction before I ever heard it from Dave Meltzer. This is a Floyd prediction. It's probably going to be wrong. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, that would be cool. I do think they would definitely want to do like a surprise appearance, I think would be a, make a lot of sense. Um, but, you know, I am all with you on... Um, on a um, SEU member, Scorpio Sky. Yeah, he should 100% um, show up. Um, one last thing I'll talk about real quick, and then we'll uh, we'll log off for the show this week. And it's, uh, it's about my boy Sami Zayn. Uh, he did an interview with Sportskedia, and he talked about uh, uh, how back in 2019 when he referenced AEW. And uh, he said that the response from backstage was uh, unfavorable. And it was, uh, they, he just said, like, he just did it straight up, and then, um, he got, it was risky, and he just did it, and it was not, uh, received well backstage, which is really not a surprise. Yeah, Sami Zayn, yeah, uh, he seems to be a button pusher. A little bit, yeah, yeah. like I said, which is why I want him in a company that actually realizes how good he is, and like, like I don't even, it doesn't even need to be AEW, but I want him out of fucking WWE so goddamn bad. I want him either, either go back to NXT like Finn did, or go to fucking Impact, Ring of Honor, New Japan, I don't care, just get the fuck out of there. I don't see him leaving, and you'll be surprised by the reason why. 
Sammy for Syria. I, that's why I don't think he that is true. That he, is he, true. His profile, that doesn't surprise me at all. His profile is so much larger being a WWE employee than it would be anywhere else. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense too. But I, yeah. in terms of how good he is as a wrestler and as a character, like either turn him babyface finally because he just heel is just not working for him right now, or fucking let him go. But yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. I that's, mean, just a, that's a pipe dream for me, and I just figured that'd be a nice little like last AW mentioned before we close the show. Yeah, yeah, when I'm looking at the WWE roster, there's a lot of people I would love to see at AEW, but there's one person that is sitting on the sideline and it's absolutely breaking my heart because anytime he performs, I love it. Alistair Black. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, and, and there's already been reports saying they've got nothing for him, which I'm like, how the fuck do you have nothing for Tommy <laughs> Goddamn End? And they won't let him go back to NXT because he not. he requested that and reports that he requested that speculation that he requested in November and was turned down. So it's just like, okay, so you don't want him, and you don't want anyone else to have him. Man, I can honestly see it being a retaliation for. Uh, his wife stepping out of line, you know, and getting released. So I don't know. Which is, which is so fucking petty. And this company is so like <laughs> we're not doing WWE bashing, but like we we try we try not to do that. But yeah, it's just no. And I'm not bashing them at all. It's just eh, you know they have their ways of doing things. Do I agree with them all? No. Do I disagree with them all? No. It's just they have their way of doing things, and when you basically run a company. One person's opinion, there is no right or wrong. There is his opinion, and then that is what it is. So, I, you know what? All of these people are getting paid really, really well. That's all I can say. There you go. Yeah, I tip my hat to them, and they're either getting paid whether they're working or not. We found out Bo Dallas is basically getting paid to stay home. They don't even bring him into TV to be at catering. I mean, he just literally gets a check to stay home, and so it's like, would I be mad at that if that was me? No, not at all. If if the company I worked for said, Floyd, I don't want you to work anymore. Don't show up to work. But we're still going to pay you. Okay. Well, I'm like, uh, I, I, you know, cry for me later, y'all. No, that's what I'm like. I'm like, I can't shed a lot of tears for that. Because I'm like, you can go to school. You can start building on other things. You can start a training school. All the other things that all the wrestlers are doing. You can put all your family. Yeah, you can put attention to that because you get to stay home and you get paid not to work. And they're probably going to resign you when your contract's up just because you so you don't go work anywhere else. Good lord, that's that sounds like a pretty good fucking life to me. <laughs> but we are very much unathletic people, so yeah, oh, dude, yeah, yeah. I have I have no drive athletically at all. Just me going to do like thirty minutes on the treadmill uh, is like that. Just seems like I'm like it seems like every time I, I wake up and I'm putting on clothes as I'm walk, going to the gym, my sacrifice should be playing. <laughs> In the background, as as we wrap it all the way back to Creed. But I think that's all I got, sir. There you go. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of All Things Elite. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, be sure to share it around with your friends. Also, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. And sh- uh, leave a rating and a review. Download the show. You can also leave a donation through Red Circle if you want. We'd be mega appreciative on that. On Twitter, we are at AT Elite Pod. 
at Social Suplex are the guys that help create this show, and they have so many great wrestling podcasts, uh, Keeping It Strong Style and others. Be sure to check out their other shows. They're unbelievably good. I am at Sumer 4 on Twitter, and Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And we'll just close this out uh, real quick. I will say personally, my hearts go out to everybody from in Texas right now that are going through these winter storms. I really feel for you as somebody who lives in the north. I know how bad snow can be for people who are not used to it. And, of course, I'm seeing a lot of the images of pipes breaking and all that stuff and houses that are just being completely fucked and people out of power. We're genuinely feeling for you. We hope you're doing okay. We ho- I know power is starting to come back for a few places. Um, so be sure to keep warm. Be sure to do your best and we're we're pulling for you i know and if you have the ability to donate to any fun uh any organizations that are uh raising money for texas i encourage you to do so if you have the ability to um and i will let floyd uh take us home <laughs> yes uh, everything that's going in texas reminds me of my favorite sign in texas it's the sign uh when i'm driving away from texas and it says now leaving texas the greatest sign ever uh i am oklahoman so we therefore hate texas but thoughts and prayers with everybody in texas for that i will leave you today with this great quote from bobby the brain win if you can lose if you must but always cheat whether it's homework or school always do your best to be elite credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.